Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And uh, we do that through the world of sports, of music, of comedy, of books, of great testimonies, all kinds of stuff like that. And today we are blessed to talk in the world of sports a little bit, a little football, a little media, books. We're combining a whole lot of stuff here today with Sam Acho, who uh, I got familiar with through a book he wrote. Uh, his brother Emmanuel has been doing a lot of neat stuff too, and I feel like there are these guys that are in those old races you do with the games where you you roll the little white ball and they move, and according to how well it fell into which hole, they're kind of competing with each other, trying to see who gets to the finish line. But they're known probably to many through uh, some football in college at Texas and playing in the NFL for a number of years, both of them. But now, beyond the uh, sport and the game of the NFL, they're doing a whole lot. So, Sam, welcome. Thanks for joining us. No, I'm glad to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. And as I told him before we got on here, he has been tremendous about making his connection work. I wish I can go back to Twitter, or as it's now called X, and see when this conversation first started going. But you handed me off to multiple people. And Reg, we'll give a shout out to Reg. He's the one to help make this happen. And and uh, here we are. So Sam, jumping right away for us and tell us, what is your three-minute testimony? How did you come to Jesus? What was God doing in your life to bring you to him? Three-minute testimony. Um, hopefully there's not a time around this. No I'm such go, thing, go, right? I might go a little bit short. Oftentimes, I think about like my testimony and I think about kind of what's God what God had started with my parents and mm. how I was raised in a family that like, mom and dad both love Jesus and both like, walk with Jesus. Dad, you know, is a, is a marriage counselor. He's got his you know, PhD in psychology and he does medical mission trips and he pastors a church. Mom just like loves the Lord. So like I grew up like in and around people who love God, but it wasn't until really college where I would say my testimony or really my faith became my own in high school. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, I grew up in, 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 in Dallas, right. In, in Texas, right. Bible belt. So everyone's kind of a Christian or some way, shape or form doing good things. And then in college, it really was this point of decision-making time sure, and point of saying, okay, I'm quote on my own. Will my faith be my own or will it not? And so really it was right around that time in college. I remember being a freshman at the University of Texas. I, I went to UT, played football there, and there's kind of a story behind that. But went to UT, played football there, and there was a walk-on quarterback who was standing with his Bible outside of an elevator of one of the biggest dorms on campus and reading, reading his Bible. And mind you, we I was a freshman. He was probably a, a junior at the time. And we had come to campus early because – in Texas and football, you take summer classes, really, so you could train in the summer. And no one was on campus. Well, finally, we show up, and this is like day one, like 30-something thousand undergrad, 
the biggest door. And like, oh, I mean, it was like, and he's just sitting there like unashamed. I'm like, man, I want that. How did you get that? And so that really started this really desire to say, you know what? No longer can I be either in the middle, right? It's almost like you're either for me or you're against me. And though you walk and you stumble and fall, all the things, it was this deal of, all right, God, I want to get to know you for myself, not for my family or for anybody else. And so I think that's really where my walk with the Lord, I would say, started to continue to take shape. But it started when I was young, started with my parents. But really, college is when that decision was made to follow him. Yeah. I'm really intrigued. This is why I love doing this on Zoom, is when I asked you that question, you'd already gotten it in a script, so you weren't caught off guard that that was coming. And you had this really long pause, and I could sense almost like this intimate moment with you and the Lord, where almost like you were flooded, just taking it in almost again, or just really understanding this thin space between you and God. Is that accurate to say with what I saw in you? Well, I think part of it, Jeff, is I want to, like, oftentimes people may ask questions, and it's like you give the recited kind of canned answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not canned in faith, but it's almost like there's, I think, a reality to, like, there may be somebody listening to this, you know, our, our medium right now that maybe doesn't need a canned or recited answer. Yeah. It's more like, hey, like, sure, yes, Sam, I know it's your parents, and I know it's this, I know it's that, but when was it really you? Mm. And God's still been working on me, man. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, like God is kind and God is good and Mm. God is for us. And sometimes we forget it and we think two things. I think sometimes it's, well, I, yeah, I did it myself. And there was a point and I decided ever since then I've been carrying the flag. Right. And it's like, okay. And the other part is, well, no, I just kind of fell into it. You never really know. And I feel like, no, it's almost a both hand. Like God has like predestined and pre-ordered and set all these things in motion and put you in a certain family group or in a certain city or in a certain like time span and time frame. All that is true, but also he's given us the free will to make decisions to decide like, okay, God, I do want to walk with you and I do want to follow you. and I do want to get up after I've fallen. And also the other part of it too is like, I'll look through some questions, but I'm not going to like give my pre-rehearsed answer yeah. either. And so like, I want to be honest with like kind of where I'm coming in the moment space. And so anyways, that's kind of where, why yeah. you, that's a, that's a little bit of why I answered in that way. Well, it, your silence there spoke volumes to me. So I don't know what you're going to say the rest of the way, but that that's going to be a hard, holy, sacred moment to be just to encourage you with that. So let's get a little bit to, so Texas, nine years in the NFL, you're now working for ESPN. What, what else is going on? Kind of anything you want to hit on in the NFL and then also current assignment. Where is your time being spent besides just ESPN and maybe tell a little bit about what your role there. Parents grew up in Dallas, Texas, right? And I think this will be a good time for me to just give a little bit of the background of like who I am, where I'm from, for people in case they may not know, right? So grew up in Dallas. My parents were born and raised in Nigeria. And so when they came to America, we started playing a sport called soccer, right? Which in there it's called football, but here it's called soccer. And football was never a plan or goal or a dream or anything like that. Well, fast forward, I ended up going to football camp at USC, American football camp. At USC back in 05 and 06, back when they were kind of this powerhouse, Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush, Matt mm-hmm. Leonard, all those guys, Definitely. and get discovered in so many ways at that camp. And that opened up a door for me to go play in college, went to the University of Texas, and we got a chance to go to national championship. They had just won a national championship before I got there. And also got a chance to go to the NFL and play nine years there. So to your question of what I'm doing now, it's multiple and many-fold, if you will. So a lot of what I do is I'm a husband, right? Been married for almost 10 years, have four kids eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. So like that's, like, if I'm not doing ESPN or the other things which we'll get into, I'm, I try to be with my family. 
but also like a lot of my time right now is spent as a college football and NFL and XFL analyst for ESPN. And so during college football season, right, we're recording this podcast during college football season. Coach Prime is is three and zero right now, right? This whole phenomenon of Buffalo and the Bengals see Cincinnati. The Bengals are zero and two right now. Just hopefully it changes, right? But long story short, a lot of my time is spent doing ESPN. So I'm in studio for college football Saturdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. The XFL season starts, and I'll be calling games there, Lord willing, and then also NFL coming in and talking NFL things. And so there's that. Also speak. So I've got a chance to go to different places to speak. I was in. Uh, South Dakota last week speaking at a, at a, at a conference for real realtors there, which was awesome and, and a ton of fun and hanging out with some cool people. And I've written two books, right? So one book's called Let the World See You, and I know we'll get into it. Uh, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. The other book's called Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World. So speaking, writing, ESPN, and then I work in a multifamily office. So essentially we do wealth management for athletes and founders. We're the only advisory firm building multi-generational, wealthy flourishing families for athletes and founders. And so it seems a little bit like segmented, but in a lot of ways, all of them align, right? You think about like the ESPN piece, it's still sports, right? And sport. And then it's communicating. It's on TV, right? Like it's that idea of communicating. The speaking um, is a chance to communicate. My NFL platform, ESPN platform helps helps that. And obviously writing, right? People want to hear, man, what'd you write about? Like change starts with you. What do you mean by that? What's the what made you write that book or let the world see you. So that's that. Then also the last piece of doing the, the family office, the multifamily office piece of helping athletes think about not just your wealth, but also your impact, how you do it well. And so those are kind of the areas where God has me now and it's fun and it's awesome. Right. I think about sometimes, sometimes I've been in seasons where there hasn't been a lot to do, right. Like, you know, and it's like, man, why? And now I, there is a lot to do. And so I'm excited that I get a chance to do, some of what God has is, is, uh, allowed me to do. I don't know how you manage a calendar. I'm thinking you're, you're not sitting around too often twiddling your thumbs thinking what I do with the next three or four hours. you got a lot going on. So I want to get to your book since I told you I'd prepared for that back when we talked about this over a year ago. Uh, Let the world see you. How to be real in a world full of fakes. There's a promo piece out about that book that was really interesting to me. And I want to get your thoughts on this. It said, many of us hide in our everyday lives. We put on masks. We play small and we don't live up to our full potential. There's a new book out by John Acuff, and I forgot the stat. He did this research, and it was like, I mean, it was maybe a single-digit number of how many people actually feel like they've actually lived up to their potential. Play that thought out in your life. You know, if you're speaking to, you know, a position coach in NFL who's kind of arrived, but he's still not a head coach, or, you know, my... 14-year-old daughter who's just entered high school and went from homeschooling to school for the first time at a Christian school, you know, whatever. What? How do you take that kind of language and use that to challenge? Because you got multiple platforms. How do you take a statement like that and say, here it is, full potential, don't play small, don't hide in your everyday lives? I would say, I mean, so you talk about your 14-year-old daughter or maybe somebody listening who's who's like that or maybe maybe they're older or younger. I would say, God created us for so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. And I think the more time that we spend letting him fill us up, which is time in prayer, time reading the word of God, time resting, right? God calls us to rest, right? It's one of like the 10 commandments, right? Sabbath, rest, like time to refuel and recharge and remind ourselves of who God made us to be. 
I think that that's where some of all like the things that he has in front of us are allowed to come out. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I say allowed to is sometimes we put constraints on yeah. ourselves. Sometimes people put those constraints on us. Sometimes, you know, it could be other kind of sources or forces that we feel like, man, how come I'm, I feel like I'm hiding or not being all who I was made to be. And so um, time with the Lord, time in the word, but also with people. Like I have a, a, one of the partners of the family office, Eric, we meet every week on, a, on a, like an hour long call just to connect. And one of the benefits of that meeting is he reminds me of who I am. Like and I need people like whether it's him, I got a good friend named Lucas who I write about in my book, like people, whether it's one, two, three, maybe four, right? Like just people who can see you, like all of you, when you're down, when you're out, when you're up, and when you're awake. Like people who know where you're at physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you can be honest with. And then people who can remind you of who God made you to be, mm. as opposed to the tendency to be like, well, I'm just kind of here. And, you know, it's like, no, you're not just here. Like God, we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, like God made us for so much more. And I'm learning that I'm walking through that. I'm trying to live through that while trying to kind of be obedient to his voice. See, I think everything to me goes back to Colossians 127. Our identity is in Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And yet being realistic, I think the world sometimes will tell us in a very, you know, rah, rah, pep talk, self-esteem way, we can do anything we want to do. And to me, that language always gets a little goofy because it's like, I'm I'm 53 years old. I'm six feet, two, maybe 15. I don't know. Um, I'm not playing an NBA right now. No, you know, Nobody's calling me up. Steph Curry's not reaching out to his GM and the president of the Warriors and saying, hey, we need Jeff Pinkleton at Springfield, Ohio, 53 years old, out of shape, playing for us. That's not happening. I can't do that. That's It's not happening. So I think what you're saying, because I think identity in Christ, as we grasp that, understand that, live that out, we become more self-aware. And in my time doing what I do, connecting men to men and men to God with the gathering, I say in 16 years, I've learned that men are not very self-aware. And you re- you mentioned lid. You know, John Maxwell's made a lot of money off. We, we put a lid on our leadership a lot of times. And I love how you're really speaking through that. So another thing tied to your book, there was a quote on there. Let the world see you, your quirks, your passions, and your inner desires were not given to you by accident. The world needs your gifts. Speaking of self-awareness, what does the world need that Sam Acho offers? I think the world needs me to be me. Mm. And what I mean by that is I'll ask people, you know, when I do ESPN or even speak or whatever, the feedback I continually get is, hey, Sam, keep on being you. Yep. Hey, how can I be better at this? Like, no, be you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, but how can, how can I want to be you? And that initially, people need me to be me and to be all in. Because like the way I am, I'm an all in type of person. And so it's like, when I'm in, I'm in. And if I'm out, I'm out. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, Sam, be you. And what does that look like? How do you find out who you are? It's like, yeah, I'm learning. Okay, boom. Like, I love to speak. I love, love, love encouraging people. In fact, that's what God put me on this earth to do. I love, I enjoy writing. I enjoy words. I love using words to empower and put passion towards people. So that's why I like, okay, speaking makes sense. Writing makes sense. ESPN makes sense, right? I love bringing people together. Man, AWM, the family office, that makes sense as well. So like, I think what the world needs, I could say like in a word, you could say, man, your smile, your joy, if you will, like on TV as you as you go do things. But I think about presence. Like, I think, you know, the world needs, for me, it's my presence, right? Like your your presence is a present. I think for me, it's my presence that that 
the world needs. So me to show up, to be all in and be present. That's interesting. I just watched, I don't know if you get any of the John Maxwell stuff. I like two guys working for him recently, Jeff Henderson, who's a longtime pastor in Atlanta, worked for Starbucks. And then a guy named uh, Tim Elmore, who's done a lot of leadership stuff, growing leaders. He was actually on the podcast. He did a thing the other day talking about the uh, importance and the power of presence as a leader and the importance of absence. Like, when do you need to be absent as well? And it was super powerful. I'll have to remember to send it to you. But it's interesting. So you said what you just said there about the uniqueness and all this. But then you talk about change starts with you in the next book. I'm curious, what do you do about you being you and you're clearly gifted? You've got this energy. you got this passion. You're purposeful. You're being intentional. But what do you do when maybe you get challenged? Maybe when someone confronts you and said, hey, Sam, you did X and this hurt me, this offended me, this was off, or Holy Spirit starts doing the work and saying, Sam, we're going to have to mold you here. How does that part of life go for you when some things need to change? It's maybe not even a sinful thing. It's just ramp it up and God say, no, I want to take you here, or I want to do this in your heart. I need to mold a little bit more. Well, sometimes and oftentimes, most times, all the time, change is uncomfortable and growth doesn't always feel good. I think about you have a 14-year-old daughter. You said I have an, an eight-year-old. I remember when he was probably four or five. I mean, this dude's like when it's not like height, he's like a hundred percentile, like when he was growing, he still is super tall, right? And he would trip over things or he would like bump into things. And I'm thinking, man, is, is he just clumsy? What's going on? It's like, no, dude, he's growing. Like at an exponential rate, he's things are changing in him. He's different than he was before. And with that will come some bumps and some bruises and some nicks and some scrapes. Well, with that will come discomfort. And it's not even that you have to be okay with it, but I think the people around you need to understand that that's normal. So like, if God's calling me to change something, it's probably not going to feel good, but Mm. he sees the things that I can't see. He's gone to places that I haven't gone. Like he's already there. And I may try to fight it, but he's like, no, nah, dude, I have better things in store, but do you trust me? And so you asked about how do you deal with change or hard conversations or someone says, hey, man, you hurt mm-hmm. me, you offended me, or, or even when the spirit of God is, is uh, like working on you, you try to listen, try to listen. And it's not easy. You know what I mean? You try to listen. And for me, the spirit of God, you try to be obedient, right? Psalm 25, I believe it is, talks about, man, the friendship of the Lord. Is for those who fear him. He will let them know the way they should choose. God, where do I go? Which way do I go? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Right? The secret counsel or the friendship, we Psalm 25, 4, if I'm not mistaken, I may be, is of the Lord, is for those who fear him. So God, help me to fear you and you alone. I help me to walk with you and you alone. Help me to trust you and you alone. Like I want you to be my my like my homie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You get really excited. I've seen in an interview, and I'm sure in, in book as well, about a coach. And there's different versions of this quote. I heard you say it. I'm going to repeat it the way you said it. Little things done well make big things happen. So I've also got three boys, 20, 18, and 16. And, uh, man, that is a truth I wish they knew. The compound effect. You know, we think it's the big things. God cares about the little things and the big things equally as much. Talk about that and how that could be applied to people's lives? What would you speak into, say, three teenage boys or ones at post-teen now about little things done well or little things done make big things happen? So, yeah, the quote that I, what I heard from my coach, his name is Vic Fangio. He's the yeah. coordinator of the 2-0 and Miami Dolphins right now. Is uh, 
little things done well make big things happen. And the context of that quote, though it was said, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, though it was said from this NFL defensive coordinator, he was my, my coordinator, one of my coaches when I was with the Bears. The context of that quote really revolved around showing up on time to meetings. And I'm thinking, what are you, it's a meeting. Like, yeah. We're trying to be the number one defense in the nation, in the world. Right? We got guys who have like $100 million contracts, guys who are getting sacks and interceptions and Pro Bowls and, and trying to get to the Super Bowl. What do you mean a meeting? You know, we're, we're professionals. Like, if you want to find us, find us, right? Gonna, some guys get fined for being late. And he just talked about how, like, I get it, okay? The meeting starts at 2 o'clock and somebody walks in, like, you know, we get the clocks and things, like, 2 o'clock in, like, 37 seconds. All right, cool. Well, no big deal, right? But then all of a sudden, like, it's a little bit later. Now somebody else is in. Somebody else is in. And all of a sudden, like, the stuff we're trying to get in for our install for, you know, we're about to play the Patriots, whoever it is. Well, now all of a sudden we don't have as much time to go over those things yep. because we were slacking on these little things, tiny little things, right? So that's in the meeting room. Well, then you take that onto the football field, and I'm going somewhere with this. Go take the football field. If like, hey, a little thing is, hey, I want you with with your alignment. Let's say you're covering for me. I got a chance to cover Christian McCaffrey, right? Like when you watch film, and he's like super fast and good at football, right? <laughs> when you watch film. It's like, hey, if, if Christian McCaffrey's lined up one yard outside the numbers, then he's only going to run these two routes. If he's right on top of the numbers, then he's going to run this route. So if you pay attention to that little thing, all of a sudden, me, a six foot three, 255, 60-pound linebacker, if I pay attention to that little thing, I can cover McCaffrey. But I don't, I'm not paying attention to the meeting room. I'm not paying attention maybe on the football field. Right? We're practicing it. Oh, well, I, I didn't look. I didn't know. No, let's prepare for this. All of a sudden, when the game comes – it doesn't work. Let's say the positive, it does work. Okay, you're at the meeting on time or you're focused on that little detail of him lining up two yards outside the, the numbers and you look at him, oh man, this is going to be the route. All of a sudden, a little thing, but man, you cover this Pro Bowl, running back, slash, whatever you want to call him. And so like, and that same thing goes in life too. A little thing could be like, if God wants you to just take five minutes, mm-hmm. just like before your next podcast, before your next exam, before like I'm married, before your next date night, like, or even if you're, you know, just give me five minutes and like talk to me about like tell me everything you're grateful for this on this day. And maybe maybe say more than five minutes, right? Like change your frame of reference, your frame of thought. Like be grateful, give thanks, and everything. Give me that before you give anyone else your day. Mm. Start your day that way. It's a little thing. Oh, it's just five minutes, yeah. right? But all of a sudden, that little thing turns into oh wow, this interaction, this person who needed me, I didn't realize they did, and now maybe I got a chance to be a blessing to them. Maybe they they got a chance to be a blessing to me yeah i always say if you look at life in 15 minute increments not exclusively but to some degree you do think about over the course of a day over the course of a week how many 15 minute segments you have free you go to meetings somebody's late you go to the bmv you go to the doctor's office i mean just if you only read during those 15 minutes you get a lot accomplished but send in a text message i mean i've got a group of people i text with you probably know james brown jb JB and Clark Kellogg and I do a little text thing where we're in a little text loop together. I could send a quick little text message to those two, scripture, a graphic, a quote, and man, we get 15 minutes all the time. And we either blow it off or wait or are frustrated that we got to wait. We can do stuff like that all the time. So your book, Change Starts With You. Like I said, I saw a great segment on CBS, The Morning Show, where they had you on, you talked about it. There's a lot of books that kind of want to talk about that type of idea, what sets yours apart? Why should someone check out Chain Starts with you to get the Sam Acho flavor? 
Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a Sam Macho flavor, right? I try to, well, I, I guess I'll go to the, the impetus of the book maybe would, would help, right? So I think about the title, right? Change starts with you following your fire to heal a broken world. The point of me even going to that book was this idea of like right around, people will recall, like take ourselves three years or so back, middle of COVID, sports are canceled, the mm-hmm. world's in disarray, George Floyd gets killed, Ahmaud Arbery is murdered. Brianna Taylor, like all this stuff is happening. And then people, like the world seems like there's a socioeconomic divide of like, hey, the haves and then the have-nots, right? I can get toilet paper, you can't. Like that whole thing was happening. All these athletes, now all of a sudden the thing you know is like, is like not, am I going to play again? Is a season like, and then also in life, it's like, okay, we're working from home. Like what, like, am I working? Like, am I furloughed? Like, so there was a lot of angst in the world at least in America, right? Uh, for sure. But I would also say the world as well, right? A pandemic, right? Across countries. And specifically around, there were race relation conversations and economic conversations. And like, someone asked me, they said, Sam, to your point, Jeff, hey, like, what does the world need? It's like, hey, Sam, we need you. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? I remember driving through, I was, uh, I left Chicago for a bit and I was about to head up, head back to Chicago. And long story short, you turn on the TV, there's looting, there's rioting, there's chaos, there's all this. And I'm looking, I'm like, dude, this does not feel like home or look like what I remember seeing. And so it was kind of, kind of a decision point of like, hey, do you want to do something about it? Or do you want to just kind of sit idly by? And I felt yep. like God was like, no, it's time for you to, to do something. And I was like, what do you want me to do, God? I'm a, I'm a football player. I'm, I'm not a, you know, like, how do I handle this? And to your point, Jeff, it was just the idea of being present. Right. My my ministry that moment was presence. I got a chance to sit down with some police officers on the west side of Chicago and the south side of Chicago, some athletes from the west and south side of Chicago and some young kids, 14, 15 year old black and brown kids from the west and south side of Chicago. Mind you, this is like looting, rioting, chaos, all this stuff. And just listen. So important today. I just listened. And that idea of little things done well, make big things happen or change starts with you. Like that ministry of listening opened up a huge door of like, Hey, what if I could now maybe do something? Oftentimes we feel handicapped or constrained based off of fear or anxiety or frustration or anger. And we don't realize that if we would just like lean in and listen, maybe read that text message again that we, took in the wrong way, or maybe like give God his time and say, all right, God, how do you want me to handle? Like if we did that, the world would change. Mm. And so my opportunity was to sit and listen. And all of a sudden went from listening to actioning, right? We got a chance to listen to the kids. We took a tour of one of the neighborhoods on the West side of Chicago and to see if like the looting and the rioting was like real or if that's just like one of these things, you know, and we saw buildings boarded up and we saw glass on the ground. But I mean, me and these other athletes who were on this bus, I mean, we saw, was considered a food desert. We saw one grocery store and over 10 liquor stores as in our 15, 20 minute drive. It was crazy. So all of a sudden, little old me from being present, got a chance to discover this and partner with some of the young, we call them young entrepreneurs, athletes, whatever. And in this case, built a food mart in a food desert. And the, the young entrepreneurs, the 14, 15 year old kids, you have a 14 year old daughter, right? They named it uh, Austin. The neighborhood's called Austin, right? In West Chicago, Austin Harvest providing community through food. And so my point is, that's not really my point. I guess what I'm saying is 
when you talk about change or you want to talk about like following your fire, like it's really this idea of what's holding you back, what's keeping you from being all who God made you to be. And not only why, but also how do we how do we let go of those things that are holding us back and then hold on to wherever God has taken us? So that's what the book is all about. Change starts with you, but following your fire to heal a broken world. God gave each and every one of us a God-given fire, passion, desire. And some of us know what it is and we follow it. Some of us don't. We've never discovered it. Some of us have discovered it and it's been put out. So it's this idea of how do we unravel and expose all that kind of go and run towards life. And if anybody and everybody got 30 to 60 minutes to spend with you, I think they're buying that book because you just see your energy, your passion. You had a moment there where you were looking up as you were talking to me, and I just loved seeing kind of this downloading from the Lord, what you were trying to say. And there's a line, I forget who, I forgot who gets credit for it. It's something to the effect of, if you see someone burning white hot with passion, people will come from miles around to watch them burn. And I, I think that applies to you. Like, yeah, who's not going to want to come be a part C? You know, you're like, I'm motivated by need. Here's something that needs to be done. I don't need to do what everybody else can do, but what can we do that's not being addressed? It's it's a beautiful thing. I was thinking about getting prepared for this, and you're only affirming this statement more. I was drawn thinking about you, Sam, to John 14, 12. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Why do you think we have so much trouble? This is God's word. Why do we have so much trouble as followers of Jesus? I'm not going to speak to non-Christians. This is God's word, and he promises we can do greater. Because we don't believe. <laughs> well, wow, thanks. That's the end of the question. Thanks, thanks, Sam. We're done. Yeah. yeah, man. It's one thing to read it. It's something to believe it. Yep. Like I think about even with college football right now, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, it's like people have their opinions on it. But, I mean, it's as simple. Like, do you believe or do you not? I was on the sideline of the week one game. I was supposed to be in studio. I wasn't supposed to. I thought I was going to be in studio. All of a sudden, for whatever reason, I wasn't in studio. And I'm like, man, like, once again, like, wait, what? I need this is my opportunity and my job. What if, what's going on? And it was almost like a friend of mine or somebody who knew me was like, dude, just what if you actually, instead of complaining, about your situation or instead of bemoaning your situation, mm-hmm. what if you try to like behold what God was trying to do? Mm. And he was like, well, you just, you're not far from you know, TCU. Just go to the game. And I was like, huh, but I don't know anybody. Dude, reach out to somebody. Boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, I'm at the game. Next thing you know, I'm on the sideline. Next thing you know, I'm talking to Coach Prime post game. Believe. And my point of that is like, I was on their sideline. I almost got kicked off of their sideline. Because Coach Prime didn't want anybody on that sideline who did not believe. Mm. And fast forward, I went, I guess you, I don't want to say fast forward or rewind, however you want to say it. Post game, went back and watched their pregame speech with the team. And he had each and every one of those players repeat after him. He said, hey, I, they said, I, he said, believe, believe, I, I, believe, believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, right? It was a deal of no one else outside of this room is going to believe but us. I work for ESPN. I, 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 we talk about this ad nauseum. People are saying, man, Colorado, they were 1-11 last year. Caesar Sportsbooks has the over-under at three, three games or two and a half. They're not going to win three games. Well, there's only been three games played. They're 3-0, mm-hmm. right? So my point of John 14, 12, or to your point is like, okay, greater works than these. How come we don't have, because we don't believe. Mm. Like we legit, and it's like, oh, it's that simple. It kind of is, right? Like it kind of is that simple. Like if you believe in me, right? If you abide in me, 
right? If you spend time with me, if you actually go out, go out on a limb and trust me, greater works than these, greater works. And so like Steph Curry, look at the stuff he's doing. Whoever would have thought he'd be able to set records then break them year after year after year. Yeah. And right? for, for little old Davidson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like from that, I mean, like whoever would have thought, oh, he's too skinny. He's not this. He's not that. He's injury prone. Believe. Yeah. I'm even going to, to you know, Kobe Bryant and what he what he was able to do. Yeah. Post NBA. Yeah. Right. Winning. winning uh, he was getting into a great groove. He was getting into a great yeah. groove right as his life got taken. Yeah. So yeah. my point is, like, how come th- this is the word of God? Mm. This is Jesus himself speaking. Yeah. How come, how come it's not happening? It's because we don't, it's sure. not, he's not wrong. Yeah. We don't believe. And so that's kind of where I'm, where my head's at is greater works than these, right? But like, you got to believe, you know what I mean? It's, oh, is it that simple? Yeah, it kind of is, right? Who would have thought mm. a team that was 1-11 with, you know, all these new transfers, you know, with, with a quarterback who was playing at Jackson State, yep. HBCU. So anyways, um, I, just, I just think that, the more we spend time with the Lord, the more we trust him, the more we would like take a, take a risk and try to believe him. My dad is, was preaching yesterday and he said, man, God hits a moving target. Mm. Yeah. So you sit, you think you sit, you know, I'm going to sit down and God's just going to do it. No, I mean, I'm God, I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Right. Like Elijah and Elisha, like, man, I'm not, I'm not going I'm, wherever you go. I'm going to go. Right. Same with Esther. Right. Like I'm not going like, where am I going to go? Go home. I'm not going home. Yeah. Like you are my home. Right. That's what she said to her, to her mother-in-law. And so like, there's a power in belief and that belief usually leads to movement. I, mm. I think about, I talked about listening, right. Change starts with you. Right. The whole purpose of that book, I didn't get to this earlier. It was like, we did all these things and people will come and say, Sam, how did you do it? Like, what did y'all do? And I've shared a little bit and shared, shared, shared. And like, there was a group that said, man, we'd love to like do a curriculum on this. You know what I mean? Like, Baylor wow. was like we love to, you know what I mean? It's like my wife was That's like, super hey, cool. how about you write about some of these things? And I was like, well, why would I write about, you know? And then she's like, people need to hear it. Yeah. So move, stop sitting down, mm. get up and go. Yeah. So there's a time to see, you talk about the ministry of presence. There's a time to be present, but also a time to be absent. Jesus would do miracles, right? Feed 5,000, feed 4,000, right? Then he would go what? He would go by himself and spend time with his father. And we're not better than him, right? No servant is better than his master. So if he's our master, if he needs time to recharge and refuel and re-up with his father for five minutes, for five hours, for five days, who who am I to think I can get away with? You're like, no, 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 God, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to go and, you know, it doesn't work. I, I like where you're talking about the movement thing because I can tell as well that you you got stuff going on, you got a full plate, but you're not a chick with your head cut off. You're not on a hamster wheel. You you have presence, and it's very clear just in this conversation. So I want to end because I want to respect your time. We've gotten not even close to halfway. I still wanted to talk about the Players Tribune, a funny rapid five thing I do, some top six NFL geniuses of, as of 2016. Definitely want to talk about that. So we'll have to come back. I'm going to have to hold you to getting you back on here sooner or later. But some quick hitting questions, simple answers, you and Emmanuel. I don't know if anybody else has done this. I'm diving into it. Let's pick apart the brothers here. Who's funnier? I think I'm funnier. Emmanuel Emmanuel's more of a serious kind of guy. I'm goofier, put it that way. There you go. Who's goofier? Who's more humble? Uh, is this a trick question? Isn't it, 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 it always a trick question like that when you talk yeah. about humility? Um, I 
I would say I'm more humble, but it's almost like to an overly extent of like, oh, no, I'm not that. It's like, yeah. no, you own who you are. Yeah. Right? Own who you are. And so, yeah. Who wins Survivor if you both played on Survivor? It's been a minute since I watched Survivor. I would probably say him because mm. he would do whatever it took. There you go. Like, I need to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get you guys on Australian Survivor, not the U.S. version. They have this super awesome version in Australia that I love. And it's usually like on YouTube at some part in the year, and they have a great version. Who's the, who's the more of the practical joker? Oh, practical joke? I don't I mean, neither of us really are, are practical joke. He's definitely not like practical joker by any means. And I'm not really a practical neither. Is that best? Okay, that's an answer. Yeah. Well, let's get to an important one. Who's better looking? Who's better looking? Uh huh. Well, I'm married with four kids, and he, you know, he's still looking for, he's searching for someone. So I'm gonna give it to me. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That, that sounds like a no-brainer answer. Who is more likely to randomly know specific scriptures? Like a scripture just comes to you as you're talking. Would that would one of you have that over the other? I would say it depends on what season of life we're in. I would say, you know, I mean, there have been seasons where I'm like, boom, but other seasons where he's like, oh man, what am I you? You know, so yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, sinusoidal. Who is the guy that would have more just crazy, ridiculous, embarrassing moments? <laughs> like where you kind of make probably, a fool of yourself? Yeah, probably me. Like, just because, uh, <laughs> you know, I may not share them all, but it would probably be me. You okay. Know? I, mean, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize, and all of a sudden it's like, how did we end up here? Tell me a way that you guys are complete opposites on something. Oh, every, I mean, like most things. Like we, he's very practical and very matter of fact and very like, hey, A plus B equals C. And it always has, it always will. And I'm very much like, well, A didn't feel that good that day. And if B is like an uppercase B in cursive, it may not always, you know mm. what I mean? So he's very much like, dude, it's black and white. And I'm more like, ah, so much gray in yeah. there. And that's how we're, I think we're different in that way, which What's, is very, I think, a fundamental difference. Oh, sure. What about food? Is there something one of you really loves and the other one hates? Uh, I do don't know about food. I know he's changed his diet a bit since he, you know, I don't know. So I don't know. I could, yeah, I couldn't give you a great answer on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, Hey, I would love to do this again. I want to respect your time. You need to cut it at the hour. So we're here. And uh, Sam, you've been a, a real treat. I just feel in my spirit, like I've been poured into energy, Christ likeness, a guy who spends time with the Lord. And there's not much more you could say that would be better than spending 45 minutes on a zoom call with someone. And that's what they offered back to you. Awesome. That was Jeff. Thank you. This was fun. And where can people find out more if they want to get familiar with what's going on with you on the social handles? Yeah, sure. Just, uh, at the Sam Acho. So at T-H-E-S-A-M-A-C-H-O. It's my social media. And also just go to my website, samacho.com. You can find other ways to connect there. And also for books, samachobook.com. So all of it, right? samachobook.com or let the world see you. It's on Amazon. It's wherever you get your books. Change starts with you. But yeah, samacho.com is probably the easiest way. Sam, get after. I know you got stuff to do, but hey, this was a huge blessing to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.